Peace to you. Thank you for joining me for the Naked Truth. We are going to pick up where we left off in the book of 1 Kings chapter 16. If you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. Um, have a sip of water and take a moment, please. Verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Hanani against Basra and saying, <clears throat> excuse me, as always, please forgive me if I mispronounce any of these names. Um, first thing I'll point out about the name is the name Basha seems like a woman's name in modern times. We're talking about a guy in this case. Um, and it's saying the word of the Lord came to him. It's not real clear how he's getting the word. It could be a dream, a vision, a voice, um, a finger writing it out on the wall. We aren't so clear at this point. Let's keep reading and see. Verse 2. Inasmuch as I lifted you out of the dust and made you ruler over my people Israel, and you've walked in the way of Jeroboam, and have made my people Israel sin to provoke me to anger with their sins. So it seems the habit, custom of, of, of other religions is still alive. The people are not being faithful to one deity as their God. Verse 3. Surely I will take away the posterity of Basra and the posterity of his house. And I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. So um, the person here is receiving uh, a prophecy that his, it's not going to go good for him. And his outcome is going to be bad. Because he's continued the practice of his forefathers in worshiping other gods and exploring other religions. It's not kosher. Verse 4, the dog shall eat what belongs to Basra and dies in the city. And the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the fields. So the prophecy is not good for um, him or his kingdom. That the people are going to be wiped out, whether they're at home or out in the fields, they're going to uh, be mowed down. Verse 5, now the rest of the acts of Basra, what he did, and his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So the narrator is keeping it moving, letting us know uh, the other things that Basra might have done are written in what we call the books of First and Second Chronicles. Verse 6, so Basra rested with his fathers and was buried in Persia. Then Elah, his son, reigned in his place. So Basra's reign has come and gone. His son Elah has ascended to power. Verse 7, and also the word of the Lord came by the prophet, prophet Jehu, the son of Hanani, against Basra and his house because of all the evil that he did in the sight of the Lord and provoking them to anger with the work of his hands and being like the house of Jeroboam and because he killed them. So it seems the unfaithfulness continued from generation to generation and in the narrator's mind or words uh, that's going to be that is the cause of many of the troubles and losses that um, the kingdom suffered. Verse 8 in the 26th year of, the, of Azra king of, ba of Judah Elah, the son of Basha, became king over Israel. 
and reigned two years in Persia. So the next king of Israel is now emerged. Verse 9. Now his servant Zimri commanded half his chariots conspired against him as he was in Persia, drinking himself drunk in the house of Arza, steward of his house in Persia. So, um, and during his journeys, uh, he's let the bottle get the best of him, and he's drunk. And um, he's at the house of one of the stewards. Now what happens? And Zimri went in and struck him and killed him in the 27th year of Aja, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. Wow, so the king was uh, drunken, and in that moment, someone decided they needed in his place and killed him in assassination. Um, verse 11, then it came to pass when he be began to reign, as soon as he was seated on his throne, that he killed all the household of Basha. He did not leave him one male, neither of his relatives nor of his friends. So to make sure that someone wouldn't rise up and wipe out him, commit genocide against him and his family, he struck them first and killed them. Verse 12, thus Zimri destroyed all the household of Basha according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke against Basha by Jehu's prophet. So um, the narrator here is saying uh, the, him um, killing off all of his descendants that way is the fulfillment of a prophecy that was given previously to um, um, in the scriptures that is now being fulfilled in that slaughter. Um, a prophecy given, he's saying, by Jehu the prophet. Jehu doesn't have a book uh, by his name in the Bible that I know of, but a prophecy would be, if I'm not sure if it's even a prophecy, it's one that we've read already, um, but that's what he's, um, that's what's being referred to in verse 12. Verse 13, for all the sins of Basha and the sins of Elah, his son, by which they had sinned and by which they made Israel sin and provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. So um, the narrator here is letting us know those um, the unfaithful acts are what are being attributed to or being pointed to as the reason um, that their kingdom suffered and fell. Verse 14, now the rest of the acts of Elah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So the narrator here again is letting us know more of his actions are documented, documented in the books of the Bible that we refer to as um, the books of Chronicles. Verse 15, in the 27th year of Ajah, king of Judah, Zimri, is, Zimri had reigned in Persia seven days, and the people were encamped against Gibbethon, which belonged to the Philistines. So um, people are uh, setting themselves up in war array against the Philistines again. Verse 16, now the people who were encamped heard it said, Zimri has conspired and also has killed the king. So all Israel made Omri, the commander of the army, king over Israel that day in the camp. So they've gotten word that the administration has been overthrown. So in that moment, they've decided that they're going to have 
who was king over them, command of their army in that moment. It seems a successful coup has taken place, and the army has decided who's going to be their king over them. Verse 17, then Omri and all Israel with him went up from Gibbethon, and they besieged Terza. So they're not just going to sit back. They've taken, um, they've claimed a kingship and a kingdom. So they're seizing cities for power. Verse 17, and it happened when Zimri saw that the city was taken, that he went into the citadel of the king's house and burned the king's house down and put himself in the fire and died. Wow. So um, rather than be taken, he, wow, he burned his own house down on himself and died in the flames. Wow. Verse 19. Because of the sins which he had committed in doing evil in the sight of the Lord and walking in the way of Jeroboam, and in his sin which he had committed to make Israel sin. So again, the idolatry is being was pointed to uh, as the reason for uh, his kingdom falling and his, literally his house burning down on him. Verse 20, now the rest of the acts of Zimri and the treason he committed are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings kings of Israel? So again, the book of the Chronicles, the books of the Chronicles are being referred to again as a place where you will probably read about the actions of the kings along the way. <clears throat> Excuse me, verse 21. Then the people of Israel were divided into two parts. Half of the tribe, half of the people followed Tibri the son of Ginab, to make him king, and half followed Omri. So more division uh, among the uh, tribes. Verse 22, but the people who followed Omri prevail over the people who followed Tim Tibri, the son of Ginab. So Tibri died and Omri reigned. So I'm not sure why he died. It doesn't say, I guess. Um, there must have been some battle to decide and his life was given up. I don't know. Doesn't say. Maybe it's in the Chronicles. Verse 22. But the people who followed Omri prevailed over the people who followed Tibri, the son of Ginnath. Ginnath. So Tibri died and Omri reigned in the 31st year of Azra, king of Judah. Omri became king over Israel and reigned 12 years. Six years he reigned in Terza. So more of the administrations that came and went. Verse 24, and he bought the hill of Samaria from Shemer for, for two talents of silver. Then he built on the hill and called the name of the city which he built Samaria after the name of Shemer, owner of the hill. So I guess maybe it's pronounced Shemaria. I don't know. It's But it's saying here that he's used his means to build up the Samaritan city. Same city that Jesus is going to refer to in the New Testament. Verse 15. Omri did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than all who were before him. So Omri was a bad reciprocity. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, worse than all the idolatrous kings before him. What did he do? Verse 26. For he walked in all the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And in his sin by which he had made Israel sin. 
provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. So again, they just don't let go of their idolatry. They're worshiping these other gods, worshiping idols. Verse 27, now the rest of the king of the acts of homage, which he did, and the might that he showed, are they not written in the book of Chronicles, of, in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? Again, Chronicles is the reference book that's included in the Bible where his actions are also included. Verse 28, so Omri rested with his fathers and was buried in Samaria. Then Ahab, his son, reigned in his place. So um, his administration came and went. Now his son is king in his place. Verse 29, in the 38th year of Ajah, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, became king over Israel, and Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. So a new king in this place with a similar name, Ahab, and he's the king now. Verse 30, now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, more than all who were before him. So yet again, uh, the kingdom seemed to be getting worse and worse there more and more wicked and evil in the eyes of the judgment and the words of the narrator in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 31, and it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing to, for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and he went and served Baal and worshipped him. So to add insult to injury, to make his sins even worse sins than all the ones before him, he's ad even added the entity known as Baal, just like Baal's above, uh, like you read about in the New Testament and throughout the Bible, New Testament, throughout the Bible. Um, that's the God, the entity, the deity he's worshiping, along with the other entities that have been worshiped along the way. Verse 32. Then he set up an altar to Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built, which he had built in Samaria. So he's even built a place of worship to Baal. Verse 33, and Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were, who were before him. So just like his king said, like the others before him, they're getting worse and worse. They're getting more and more wicked, wickedly idolatrous in their worship practices in worship, worshiping these other entities and even setting up statues or wooden images, as they're called, um, idols that they worship instead of worshiping uh, Jehovah, the Lord, uh, by name, uh, in, by translation. Verse 34 <clears throat> Excuse me. In his days, Hill of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundation with Abiram, his firstborn, and with his youngest son, Shagub, who set up its gates, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. Wow, so now the narrator is letting us know that uh, as a finishing verse in this chapter, um, one of the people named Hill built up an area called Jericho, the city, and he used 
certain of his descendants and in him doing so, using his descendants to do the construction, it's actually fulfilling, which it is, the fulfillment of a prophecy given way, way back in the days of Joshua. <clears throat> Excuse me, the person who rose to power after the generation of uh, Moses and his brother Aaron were the people who were leading the people. Uh, Jericho um, and that prophecy were given way back then in the days of Joshua. Hundreds of years have passed by since then, but the narrator here is letting us know even all that time has passed, those pro that prophecy now came true in the descendants, um, in the, um, the descendants that we just read about, uh, the prophecy given by Joshua the son of Nun. And if we, if you want to look back on it, the narrator is uh, the verse that the narrator was reflecting on is in the book of Joshua chapter six verse twenty six. Um, if you want, you can read about it when we read about it here. And when we covered the book of Joshua uh, in our previous readings here on the Naked Truth um, and see how it compares to what we just read here in the book of 1 Kings. Uh, but what we read here was the last of this reading, so that's where we're going to end this reading. As always, I appreciate you joining me for the Naked Truth. I hope it's a blessing for you and God willing you'll join me again. I love you and I appreciate you for it and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Peace be with you.